Hey, Mavericks. Yeah. You hear about ice? What's that? You want another one? Really? Yeah. I feel the need. The need for speed. Uh, welcome to the Danger Zone. My name is Tristan. Wait, <laughs> I, you know, I thought I could slip in Danger Zone and just keep going and it <laughs> completely threw me. <laughs> Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back at the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Oh, weren't we going to introduce ourselves by our call names? I forgot what mine was. That was pre-COVID. Same. Um, I'm looking up right now. Call name Generator Clinton. Oh, Lieutenant Greg Watergate. Watergate? I don't like Watergate. I am a bit, I am a bit scandalous. <laughs> that was a real crash and burn moment for, for Nixon. That's all I got. That's the, that's the extent of your Watergate commentary? Yeah. I expected more from you. Crash and burn. Maybe a deep throat reference. Oh, mastermind. I got mastermind. Mm. It's a mouthful. Um, all right. We're, we're podcasting over here, aren't we? So, oh, yeah. We're, hey, if you hadn't guessed, we're doing Top Gun. Uh, very topical of us. And I think you'll find there aren't many podca- movie podcasts out there this <laughs> week doing the old Top Gun. Uh, not many at all. Just So if just you are listening, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for choosing our Top Gun episode. We understand you have a choice when it comes to... Uh, uh, airplane movies, and we, we thank you for flying with us. Yeah, uh huh. And then clap when we land, mm, something like that. Well, I tell you what, would any of the other Top Gun podcasts be giving a little bit of bonus information on a little musical called Phantom of the Opera? This is what people come for. Mm. You know, yes, yeah, yeah, we're here for a military homoerotic plane opera. Um, mm. And why not take a little step to the side and go to a little phantom of the opera? There's a lot of synergies. <laughs> synergies abound in, all over the place. There are too many to list. Exactly. I'll just give one. <laughs> the year that they came out. Oh, there you go. 1986, Tristan, was wow. the debut, the debut of Phantom of the Opera. Um, you know the craziest thing about Phantom of the Opera? Oh, yeah? Is Ger- Gerard Butler was in the movie. Yeah. Sing once again with me A strange duet My power over you Grows stronger yet Isn't that weird? It is weird. Who was the girl in it? It is weird. Remember. There was a... As the chick from Shameless, uh, what's her name? Emmy Ros- Emmy Rosam? Rosam? She's a proper singer. She's an opera singer. But him, I don't know. Well, I always liked the fact that Michael Crawford was the guy from Some Mothers Do Have Yes. So he of was kind of like, yeah. He was the OG Phantom, wasn't he? Yeah, and that you know what? That might be one of the OG nuggets of pop culture trivia that ever first piqued my interest. I think my, mm. I remember like watching some mothers do have them and I think my mum telling me that and I'm like, yeah, wow. Wow. It is pretty wow. The extremes. Andrew Lloyd Webber couldn't, couldn't miss back in the day, could he? Could not miss. Could not miss, yeah. He was yeah. the uh, bastion of pop 
Musicals. Pop musicals, if there's such a thing. Pop Broadway. Um, 86, this came out on at the West End, and then 88 for Broadway, which I thought was pretty strange timing, Tristan. Like, why would you release something in 1988? Like, it's like, it's like putting up Australia's Got Talent <laughs> against the Olympics or something. Yeah, look, so, so Lloyd Webber is smart in many ways, but... Yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, timing was never his thing, they say. <laughs> He was very. He had a real blind spot around Expo '88. He's like, "Wait, look at all these avails over in Broadway. Mm. I'll, I'll book a show." Why is no one? Why is no one running anything in '88? Although then you then you you sweep the Tonys because there's nothing else on that year. Yeah, it's actually it's actually potentially genius. Yeah, well played, Mister Weber, Mister Lloyd Weber. Which Mister Lloyd Weber is Lloyd part of his surname or is just his middle name that he likes to share? Yeah, is it Andrew Lloyd? Weber or Andrew Lloyd Weber? Anyone? Yeah, fuck. Anyone? Or is it just Andrew Lloyd Weber? <laughs> you know, I only I I only know him from the Nanny and South Park. Why is he in the Nanny? Uh, just because Mr. Sheffield, it's like I want to beat Andrew Lloyd. He was a he was a oh that was Broadway his producer, wasn't he? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't Mr. know if he was ever in the show, but that was referenced. Yeah, and then in South Park, it was. The bro down. Wait, disrespect me, bro. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's too hard to explain. <laughs> Mr. Marsh, this is Andrew Lloyd Webber. Hello. Stephen Schwartz. Hey, bro. Mr. Elton John. <clears throat> and Stephen Sondheim. Sup, bro? Not much. Sup with you guys? No. I mean, sup, bro. Sit down, Mr. Marsh. We need to have a talk. We got wind of your musical. Just what the hell do you think you're doing? Same as you guys. Trying to get men everywhere lengthier, better quality blowjobs. You're making it too obvious. Women are going to figure out what we're doing. Musicals are about subtext. Anyway, yeah. uh, did you ever see Broadway. Phantom? Phantom? Do you know Carol says Phantom? <laughs> what? She can't pronounce Phantom. Is it because of the H? She sees that H and just flips out. Puts it everywhere. <laughs> Wow. She doubles down on it. Does she say photo instead of photo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm definitely asking her after this call. <laughs> hey, I should get her in here to say phantom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It's not even like there's an H there that she's pronouncing. It's not there. <laughs> just Carol the phantom carney. That's a call sign. over. Yeah, Phantom. The Phantom. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, did you see it? Sorry, I did ask you a question before I jumped in. Uh, I didn't, but as I did not, but as you know, I'm I like musicals now, so I probably will at some point. I watched a Little Shop of Horrors over my COVID days the other last week. Oh yeah, and it's so fucking delightful, man. I love it. I love it so much. What else can you tell me about 1986, Tristan? Uh, my wife was born. Oh yeah, but also a big year for movies, wouldn't you know it? Big year for Ara. <laughs> big year for Ara. Big year for movies. We've done a few from this year, actually. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. Crocodile Dundee. Did we do Crocodile Dundee? Sure did. Yeah, we did, right? Fuck. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. We've gone long enough that I'm forgetting. Cobra. Remember the remember his wife? We we discovered What? We discovered Strop's wife. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of Most course. Elegant woman in second elegant woman in the world. Really? Yeah, she's wonderful. God bless. Transformers, the movie which we've covered, but a whole bunch that we haven't covered. And, you know, 
the top ten is jam packed full of uh, bona fide classics. Mm. Aliens, mm. Platoon came in at number three that year. Karate Kid Part Two came in at number four. Mm. Crocodile Dundee came in at number two. But you know what came in at number one, Greg? Uh, 1. It was the number 1 movie in the world. I missed that. Yeah. In the world. Mm. That's crazy, man. Wow. The budget of only 15 million dollars and it made Wow. And it made 357.1 million dollars came out in May of 1986. And that's not even mentioning the profit it raised for the aviator sunglasses industry. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I got a bit of that. It's fascinating. Isn't it? Anyway, mm. we'll get into all that. This 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 movie, for what it lacks in plot, makes up for in legacy, mm. and uh, and the critics agree, wouldn't you say? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, critic score of fifty six percent, audience score of eighty three percent. Critic consensus, though it features some of the most memorable and electrifying aerial footage shot with an expert eye for action. Top Gun offers too little for non adolescent viewers to chew on when its characters aren't in the air. Ooh, it's a little spicy. I like it. Toffee. Yeah, it's that's a, one of the longer ones that I've read, and uh, really, I mean, relatively astute. It's very astute on your part. Mm, mm. Uh, was this a big movie for you, Greg? Uh, yeah, like I couldn't quite place when it did become a big movie. I.e., was it in the eighties or because you know when it was released? Probably in Australia would have been eighty-seven. You know, I'm like five years old. I'm pretty young. Yeah. But it's obviously maybe grown, snowballed, mm. whatever you want to say. It's become a bigger thing. It's a cultural classic, obviously. So yeah. it might have been rebirthed around the JB Hi-Fi bin days. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, picking up a cheap copy. Top Gun parties were popular for a bit there. Oh, yeah, I dressed cool. as a Top Gunman. I, I dressed as a Top Gun guy to a work party. I, I think I did it multiple times because it's such an easy costume. Mm. You just hire it from the joint. Mm. And, you know, you're not too cold or anything. But I'm a tall man mm. and they're like a onesie. So often I would get quite the camel toe. Oh, yeah, the moose knuckle. The moose knuckle, yeah, the fly's eyes. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't remember at which point I realised that it was really gay, but there was a, there was a turning point when I was like, oh. These guys. Yeah, same. Because uh, we even did that at uni. One of the subjects I was doing, I can't remember what it was. I guess yeah. uh, maybe I was a film student after all. But there was, uh, I think I was sick that week because I don't remember, but there was a whole lecture about Top Gun and the gay subtext to it and everything. So I wish I could speak more intelligently to it. But, of course, there is the Quentin Tarantino's whole spiel on that, mm. um, which I think popularised the idea but also kind of overshadowed it because um, it's not just a Tarantino thing. It's a pretty broadly yeah, yeah, accepted exactly. yeah. reading of the film. He, he articulates it well, but yeah. Yeah, should we play the I'll play the clip because why the hell not? He makes some good points. You know what one of the greatest fucking scripts ever written in the history of Hollywood is? What? Top 
Top Gun is fucking great. What is Top Gun? You think it's a story about a bunch of fighter pilots? Yeah, it's about a bunch of guys waving their dicks around. It is a story about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality. That's it. That is what Top Gun is about, man. You've got Maverick, all right? He's on the edge, man. He's right on the fucking line, all right? And you've got Iceman and all his crew. Right. They're gay. And they, are, they represent the gay man, right. all right? And they're saying, go. Go the gay way. Go the gay way. He could go both ways. What about Kelly McGillis? Right? Kelly McGillis, she's, she's, she's heterosexuality. She's saying, no, 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 no. Go the normal way. Play by the rules. Go the normal way. And they're saying, no, go the gay way. Be the gay way. Go for the gay way. <laughs> right? That is what's going on throughout that whole movie. He goes to her house, right? All right? It looks like they're going to have sex. You know, they're just kind of sitting back. He's taking a shower and everything. They don't have sex. He gets on the motorcycle, drives away. She's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on here? Right. Next scene. Next scene you see her, she's in the elevator, she is dressed like a guy. She's got the, the cap on, she's got the aviator class, she's wearing the same jacket that the Iceman wears. She is, okay, this is how I gotta get this guy. This guy's going towards the gateway. So I gotta bring him back, I gotta bring him back from the gateway. So I'm gonna do that through subterfuge, I'm gonna dress like a man, all right? That is how she, she approaches it. But the real ending of the movie is when they fight the minutes at the end, all right? Because he has passed over into the gateway. They are this gay fighting fucking force, all right? And they're beating the Russians, the gays are beating the Russians, all right? And it's over, and they fucking land, and Iceman's been trying to get Maverick the entire time. Finally, he's got him, all right? And what is the last fucking line that they have together? They're all hugging and kissing and happy with each other, and Ice comes up to Maverick, and he says, man, you can ride my tail in this time. And what does Maverick say? Maverick, you can ride my sword bike! Uh, there's some liberties taken here. They don't say you can ride my. T- you say you can be my wingman. Yeah, you can be my brown. You can take my brown wings. <laughs> that was a thing that people talked about <laughs> once upon a time. Really? I think so. Interesting. Was that in reference to this movie? Maybe. I didn't. Never thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Locker, locker room talk, Tristan. Locker room talk. <laughs> there was a bit of locker room talk in this one too. It was. Why was there so much time spent in a locker room? I feel like we're in the locker well, room as funny. much as anywhere. This is this is what the Navy said. They're like, we don't really – that doesn't really happen in the Navy. We don't, why are they in the locker room so much? And the uh, producers and, the, and uh, Tony Scott, I suppose, were like, well – we're trying to make it. We're trying to draw connections to like the, the athletes. It's like sport, so it's people can relate to locker room talk, you know. But why are they so shiny? I don't know. <laughs> and why does Val Kilmer walk like a two-legged matador <laughs> or senator? I don't know. You know, like those things the with a horse body. He like cocks his hips forward. Yeah, yeah. He does. He does this this funny thing. He's got yeah, this yeah, walk. yeah. He's it's like, great though. It's it's yeah. It's awesome. But it's so weird. And yeah, all, are they showering in olive oil? I think so. I oh, mean, the, the, the fake sweat budget was through the roof on this film, wouldn't you say? Yeah. It's one of the sweatier films we've done. Definitely the, um, yeah, it was definitely in the, the era of body hair is bad. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Maybe they kicked that off. But yeah, I mean, I'd seen this over time. I don't know if I'd ever sat down and paid full attention beginning to end, but I've, I've captured it over the years. But um, yeah, the, the main things for me when I think of like any connection I have to this film is more that pop cultural conversation around it. Yeah. Um, the costume for Halloween and that kind of shit. Um, the gay subtext. And actually on that, it's quite cool. Like all of the, like Bruckheimer and the guys are all like, I mean, we didn't mean it that way, but. 
it makes sense. <laughs> they kind of respect respect the interpretation, you know. It's, it's yeah. pretty good. And then the the other one I was just thinking because um did you ever like wear dog tags? When remember when dog tags were like pretty cool? Yeah, maybe when I was like, like 10. Like two, early 2000. Before early that. 2000. <laughs> late 90s. Nah. Um nah man, it was it was cool. And I um my sister got me some dog tags from like the USS Intrepid when she visited New York when I was a kid or something, and then I, I wore them all the damn time. And then, um, and the USS Intrepid is a, is a warship here in New York, but it's like basically a museum now. And they show they do screenings of Top Gun on it. Oh, that's that would cool. be a pretty fun way to watch it. Yeah, that would be cool. Do you get to fly a jet? <laughs> I should so. Mm. <laughs> uh, should I get into the origin story of this? Film? Yeah. Origin story. I know there's a lot of, we've even said this before in the pod, I know there's a lot of uh, discussion around this film being like, you know, essentially branded content for for the Navy, which isn't as true as I thought. I mean, there's we'll get into it. There's definitely some some element of that, but it's I guess it's in the same way that it's um, branded content for gay. <laughs> it's more in the it's more in the result versus the intent, I suppose. But because um, it was initially inspired by an article called Top Guns in the May issue of uh, California Magazine back in 1983, oh, which yeah. I guess depicted this whole Top Gun program and great what they rank. go through and all that all that shit. Uh, yeah, classic. One of the one of the greats. And um, Bruckheimer and Simpson, two fucking heavy hitters we've talked about many times. Um, they they bought the rights to the article. I think they were trying to get some writers in to to make this thing into a movie. There wasn't much interest. But they eventually hired. Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. to write a first draft. Epsy. We know them from Turner and Hooch, Dick Tracy and Anaconda. So, oh, okay. You know. It's snakes after it is big. Top tier. Baby Top bird. Tier guys. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they, they went and joined the Top Gun classes and got flown around in F-14s and all that type of shit and, you know, went pretty deep in the research to, to come up with some ideas. But apparently that first draft was junk. No one really liked it, including Bruckheimer and Simpson. And there's a whole bunch. Of, there's This is one of those scripts that changed a hell of a lot. I won't go through all the changes, but ultimately there was input from the military that changed it. There was input from Tony Scott that changed it. There was input from, from Tom Cruise that changed it. Mm. I think Cruise had a lot of input actually. Mm. Um, but from what I read, like all good stuff it seems, he actually made it a lot better. <laughs> But um, Tony Scott was signed on to direct um, and he was, it was early stages, man. He had made one movie called The Hunger that had flopped and he was kind of in director jail and couldn't really get a gig. So he, he was sticking to advertising mm-hmm. and um, he made this ad for Saab. I don't know if you saw this, came across this in the, in, uh, in the, in the prep here, but uh, it's, uh, I, I won't play it because it's all, it's all, there's no dialogue. It's just cool music and and basically Top Gun. Um, so there's like a fighter jet and a Saab racing almost. I didn't really know what oh, they're doing. Yeah. But it's basically it's Top Gun. Was this quite a famous ad? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's basically Top Gun and that's what Bruckheimer and Simpson thought and they go, well, this is let's get this fucking guy. And initially he wanted to make something more akin to Apocalypse Now on a warship or something. Oh, yeah. That's very different. But then I think eventually got sold on the popcorn angle 
kind of landing on that. It's uh, it's rock and roll stars in the sky, man. Um, and there were, uh, like I said, there were a lot of changes. I think one one that's super interesting, no, one that's relatively interesting <laughs> is, um, okay, so you could argue that this movie is a bit corny, but it used, it was a lot cornier. So like the the love interest was initially, well, initially she was uh, someone else in the military, then they changed that. And then she was an aerobics instructor, which was a bit meh. And then they changed that because uh, well, they changed that because they thought that was a dumb idea, or Tom Cruise <laughs> thought that was a dumb idea. And they they um, I'm I'm very articulate in my in my post COVID brain fog, but they 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 got introduced to this woman named um, Christine Fox or Christine Legs Fox, who was a civilian mathematician employed by the Center for Naval Analyses. She was basically Kelly McGillis, that, that that character. And so they were like, oh, this is a love interest. Let's make her this. Beautiful. Hmm. So there was a lot of – that's one example of many things. There was lots of evolution of the script over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, she was 50 or so. Um, <laughs> uh, in terms of precasties, there wasn't much because um, Cruz was who they had in mind from the start and it's who they got. I read differently. But, yeah, no, they're all bullshit because it's not. Maybe there were names thrown around, like in case they can't get crews. But I read those too. But it seems like bullshit because everything else I read said that it was all like we need Tom Cruise, we need Tom Cruise, mm. yada yada yada. Maybe he said no to begin with. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't convinced right away. But then um, they got him down to the fucking Top Gun Arena or whatever you, whatever the right language is there. And put him in a plane, and he was like, "Okay, yeah, this he is felt the man. G's. <laughs> yeah, he felt the G's like a like a young Max Power. Mm-hmm. Um, strap in, strap in, and feel the G's." Val Kilmer wasn't that keen either, but uh, Tony convinced him. I'm not sure how, but yeah, I mean, I I guess net net, there wasn't a lot of faith in this movie being anything good. It wasn't, was there? Yeah. Now the Navy element. So they didn't fund this movie. Um, the budget was $15 million, but what they did do is supplied a lot of the, well, all the planes and like all that other shit, some, some technical mm-hmm. consultancy. A couple of radios, some walkie talkies. Some walkie talkies. Yeah. Some walkie talkies, <laughs> some aviators. Yeah. And, um, and that's not insignificant, Craig. So while technically they didn't fund it, like one F-14 Tomcat cost $38 million. So like. They didn't directly give them money, but their $15 million budget looked like $100 million, you know, yeah. with their support. And, and part of that agreement was, you know, this is a this is an official, like, contract with the Pentagon. And so part of that agreement was that they could influence the script. So there were a few little things like Goose was supposed to die in a mid-air collision. They didn't want to do that, so they changed it. Um, there were a few little things like the opening dogfight was supposed to be over Cuba, they change it to international waters. Um, I'm sure there's reasons for that <laughs> that I don't understand. Um, but apparently, there's the, like there's a whole department at the Pentagon that do the movie stuff. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? That should be oh, a movie, like a like a production house, an in-house, yeah, film consultants. It should be like Get Shorty, like a Get Shorty type of thing. Yeah, how good. How good is that? That's just fascinating. I want to learn more about. Are they the guy? Everyone else kind of like how um, and then they come in in sneaks and yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
whatever. Like to to the military, they're really Hollywood. Yeah. But then to Hollywood, they're too yeah. military. Yeah. And they're stuck no in the middle. See, that's a great story right there. Isn't it? The conflict. It's beautiful. Detention. The con- yeah. They just need a yeah. romance, an office romance. You got yourself yeah. a movie. Story, story by. <laughs> bish bash bosh. Well, speaking of bish bash bosh, uh, bish bash bosh, you got yourself a Top Gun rap, yeah. rap party down at that piano bar thing. Oh, yeah, whatever that was. I think it was a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Let's play the trailer. to send you up against the best. Yes, sir. You two characters are going to Top Gun. I feel the need. Using his music from Beverly Hills Cop. Five weeks you're going to fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You guys really are cowboys. I don't like you because you're unsafe. That's right. I am dangerous. The wild card. Lies by the seat of his pants. Yeah, I guess when I see something, I go right after it. It takes a lot more than just fancy flying. Gentlemen, this school is about combat. There are no points for second place. <laughs> Figured it out yet? What's that? <laughs> Who's the best pilot? No, I think I can figure that one out on my own. Tom Cruise, <laughs> Kelly McGillis, <laughs> Top Gun. I didn't realize Kelly McGillis' name was above the title. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, not a bad trailer. That's a good point. Was that that song didn't sound like the official soundtrack, right? I wonder mm. if that trailer was cut before they had all the songs. Could be. We'll never know. We'll never know. There's no way of finding out. But you know what? I would love to find out, Greg. What the fuck happened in this movie? Yeah. Well, look, it, it is a. Tough one to get an originalish take on this. Um, so I'm just going to recap what happens and then we can talk about it. <laughs> so we've got this young pilot. Uh, he's a knob. Uh, he goes by the name of Maverick <laughs> and he's got a buddy, Goose. Goose, his buddy, seems like a nice guy other than him being mates with the knob. Um, it's a real, <laughs> uh, why is he friends with that guy arrangement? Yeah. He's probably got low self-esteem. We'll, we'll never know. Um well, it's it's a it's a Bueller and other guys situation, oh, isn't it? Isn't it? It really is. So in the beginning, um, there's this pilot that's going to Top Gun, which is the academy for intensive training for the best young pilots. There's this guy; he's going there, but then he has this panic attack mid training flight thing, and he's he's like, "Oh, this is pretty dangerous stuff. Uh, I've got a wife and kid. I'm going to turn in my wings," and he quit. So then this opened up a spot for the knob, <laughs> Maverick, uh, yeah. to go and he takes his buddy that sits in the back of his plane and just in, his job is to say, go Maverick, I think. You know, like just give him a bit of pep <laughs> talks. I think that's the role. So they go to Top Gun and I'm they've been you. there for less than a day. Like they've literally, they haven't even had a class yet. And he manages to turn up to the bar, I assume get drunk. This is what I call a target-rich environment. You live your life between your legs, man. Go see if you can get laid in a place like this. Uh, get in an altercation <laughs> with, like, the other students. Hit on a girl, like, aggressively, following into the toilet. 
Yeah. Before realising she's his teacher. From here, they run a bunch of simulated training sequences. Maverick repeatedly makes judgment errors. Uh, one actually pretty much causes the death of his said friend, Goose. He dies. Yeah. Um, he falls into a deep depression. Uh, his girlfriend quickly turns her back on him, saying he's a pussy. Uh, even though his friend just died yesterday. Uh, he then graduates and they go up in the air for some more shouting and then he finally falls into the arms of his lover, uh, Iceman. You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine. Yeah. But I didn't... But, I mean... Uh, look, I'm not going to ask you to tell me because that's a, that's a big question. But I don't really understand when they're up in the air what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I got no idea. Whatever, I read that little bit of, of trivia about how, you know, the, that first dogfight was supposed to be over Cuba, but it was, instead it was international. War. I couldn't have told you where that was. I could have told you what they were doing. For all I knew, it was another training thing. I didn't, no idea. And in the end, where are they? I don't know. Yeah, it's very... Tarantino said Russians, apparently. like It's very no ambiguous. Well, there was a big red star on the helmet. Oh, okay. Um, ah, that makes sense. But, yeah, there's some inaccuracies around the type of jets they're flying. I'll t- more on that later. Um, yeah. Did you like it? I did. I did. Ultimately, I did. Uh, but I guess not in the not in the ways I was expecting, like... Like we're just saying, plot-wise, I just didn't really get much of what was going on, and maybe that's on me. I don't know. Um, I read that in the but plot, I don't think and I was it's like, "Whoa, me. whoa, is that what happened in the air?" <laughs> and and in saying that, like, there's something about this movie where it is almost just this like surreal thing you just experience. Mm, just let it wash <laughs> in more over of a you. visceral way versus yeah. It's a bit more visceral than really needing to understand the specifics. Like, it does, does it even matter? And I do kind of like that they just throw you in. They don't explain any of the jargon. Like, like, what does Goose do? I don't know. I'm sure he does something important, but I have no idea what that is. Mm. Um, I thought I covered that. They use this jargon. <laughs> oh, yeah, he cheers, cheers squad. Yeah. Um, Give me an M. <laughs> and, yeah, so it's like almost like this heightened, surreal vibe because it's also pretty too, like, so many shots are just like fucking epic and the music and that, that whole package, it's almost like, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's pretty gay. Like it's almost a Baz Luhrmann movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it in the same way. Like, I don't know what happens in fucking Moulin Rouge, but I, I enjoy the spectacle. So it, it's almost like, I think where I got to it, I think I gave up on trying to understand what was happening every time they were on the planes and just enjoy like the epic visuals, the sound and almost enjoy it like a music video or something. Like it was it was an enjoyable experience. Yeah. How about you? Top Gun the musical. Yeah, basically. Yeah, man, pretty, pretty much on par with that. I enjoyed the vibe and I didn't really have much of a clue of what was happening. I think I <laughs> finally understand the term toxic masculinity. That was probably something I learned <laughs> along the way. Yeah, yeah. I had a similar thing to you though, when you alluded to the plot. And I don't know, maybe this is the point of the movie. 
So maybe I can't hold it against it, but he is a jerk, right? Mm. And it, it did remind me of Ferris Bueller where they're trying to tell us this guy is like the guy, mm. but he just kind of seems like a jerk. Mm. I don't know. Like he's a fucking loose cannon and people tell him to stop being such a loose cannon. He's like, no. And then his friend dies. Like maybe you shouldn't have been a loose cannon, you dick. Mm. And and now your friend is dead. So maybe you should quit. Maybe you don't have the temp. And then on the flip side though, like 20 minutes after his mate dies, they're like, look, Goose is dead. You need to move on. I know. that. <laughs> can we just, Everyone. Like that, particularly the, the girlfriend. So here's a couple I of. I missed ex- the girlfriend part. When you said that, I was going to ask you. I must have missed that part. What did she do in response to that? So she's so he's sitting at the bar and she's like, I heard you leaving type thing. Oh, uh, yeah. And so he's like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, it wasn't your fault. And he's like, oh, yeah, it is my fault because, you know, I'm I'm driving the plane. Fair point. Mm. And she's like, yeah, yeah, but you make mistakes and then move on. She goes, but you just said it wasn't his fault. Now you're saying he made mistakes and he should move on. That's a contradictory. Right. A contradiction. <laughs> and then and then she goes, when, she, when I first met you, you were larger than life. She's like, you met him a week ago. And then she goes, then she just turns up the, the gas and is like, you didn't learn anything except how to quit. And then he's like, but you're leaving as yeah. well. She's like, oh, yeah, 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 but I was going to tell you. He's like, what? <laughs> it's- the whole love story is so undercooked. Like the song, Take My Breath Away, is fucking mad. It's almost too good well, because ne- neither one's breath was ever taken. No. They... They don't even seem to like each other that much. Apparently, the, up a couple of times. the song, yeah, exactly. She, she just got the horn when he did an inverted negative four dive in the knee. <laughs> oh, can you blame her? She was like, no, no, no. And then she goes, oh, you did that? He goes, yeah, okay then, champ, go for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't even remember what I was going to say. Yeah, sorry, the song, Berlin, yeah, Berlin, um, take my <laughs> breath away. Apparently that song was so good they were like, oh, yeah, maybe we need more love scenes because we need more of that song in there. Oh, yeah. And that's what I happened. did see that somewhere, yeah. Fair enough because it's a fucking good song. I was listening to the soundtrack today and, you know, sometimes you, songs like that, they're so just deeply associated with these movies and you just I just kind of go, oh, yeah, that cheesy thing. But when I had the song playing, you know, loud and without Top Gun on, and just hearing it for what it is. Man, the music is fucking mad. Mm. Is that like New Wave or something? What do you call that? It's like pretty fucking mad. It's a vibe. Yeah, it's got it's some Twin vibe. Peaksness to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I like it. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Tons of problems with that whole relationship, really. Like that first, I touched on in the in the synopsis. He followed her into the bathroom, man. Yeah. I don't that's know, that's fucked. A, Fellas, if you're listening, that's a big no-no. Do not follow women into the women's toilets and get right up in their personal space when they say no. That's the first so time. weird. I've never been in a women's. Oh, actually, no, I did once. I went into a women's bathroom once. <laughs> I was at a pub during the day, so it wasn't too packed or anything. It was just like a work lunch. And I went in <laughs> to, to, to drop the kids off and I went and sat down. And, then I, <laughs> and as I sat down and started, I realised... Huh, I didn't, see any, I didn't see any urinals in here. Is that, I wonder. 
And then, and then it dawned on me like what I've done. And then I'm like, how do I get out of here? Anyway, I've managed to escape without any witnesses. But I certainly didn't follow Kelly McGuinness into there. McGillis? McGuinness? Did, you finish, did you finish your business? Yeah. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> well, I was safe as long as I was in the cubicle. There was more going from the cubicle to the door. So I know a guy who followed a girl into the toilets once. Um, and oh, God. Yeah, such was. He's in jail. He was a bit of a maverick. And um, little did he know that the girl was there with her boyfriend who was a mm. rostered UFC fighter, legit UFC Fuck fighter. No. So that didn't end well for him. He got bashed by a UFC fighter. Oh, God. It's pretty funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, just don't do it. Don't like, do it. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, volleyball was a, it's just such a weird choice. There's no segue into that, but it's just weird. <laughs> because, yeah. like, wouldn't football be more of, like, a, it already makes sense. Like they said, they were trying to make draw that sport analogy. They could be wearing those weird crop top things, you know. Oh, yeah, they're cute. It could, it could still be sexy. <laughs> sexy it's just football. weird. Why are they playing volleyball? <laughs> oh, I guess it's Pensacola, baby. It's Miramar. It's by the beach. Beach volleyball. <laughs> There were um, the, I I was watching the making of. I got a clip because it's so funny, and it's uh, Tony Scott and then some of the cast talking about the volleyball. <laughs> and um, I'll play the Tony Scott part, and then I'll I'll keep I'll keep going just for the Val Kilmer part after because it's fucking funny. Val Kilmer, Val. If you watch the the making of Val Kilmer, is the MVP of the making of. He's just having a good time. Oh yeah. Maybe actually got voted the favourite scene in any movie for three years in a row um, by Suck Magazine. <laughs> and um, <laughs> all those guys had their gear off. And I didn't quite know what to do with the scene. I knew why the scene was in the movie, because they had to show off all the guys, but I didn't have a point of view behind the scene, so I just I shot the shit out of it and got the guys to take all the gear <laughs> off of them, their pants, and sprayed them in baby oil and, and sweat. And uh, I like, and I didn't have a vision about what I was doing other than just doing soft porn. <laughs> <laughs> we shot that in half a day. They brought in a dump truck of sand. They dumped it. They put up a net. Uh, Tony got the sun just right where he wanted it. And, uh, and it was just diving into the dirt and, you know, into the sand and having a ball and digging it out. And I'm doing these uh, muscle poses and that kind of stuff. I tell you, that, that shot has been with me forever and I, I don't really take care of myself the way I used to, but uh, I always have that. <laughs> I always suspected Tom Cruise might have Hell yeah. my volleyball close-ups. If you notice, I don't have any. Tony came up, he was very apologetic, and they, they got cooked. That means they uh, were over or underdeveloped and there weren't any and they couldn't go back. I think Tom went in there a little payola because I looked good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Val Kilmer no. is convinced that uh, he had no close-ups because because Tom Cruise <laughs> sabotaged him. Because he's pale. He's yeah. He's making the hilarious hilarious banter throughout the whole fucking making of. It's great. 
Oh, that's great. And in fact, all of them, I mean, you heard Tony Scott talk about it too. They talk about it. They're very self-aware in what this movie is. Like it's, it's pretty delightful. It's great. The, um, a couple of highlights from that for me. Firstly, that it wasn't a beach. They just, and even if you look at it, I looked in the background yeah, after he said it was said a car park. It was just a, yeah. Yeah. And they haven't pretended it's a beach. Same. It's like clearly just yeah out the back of some shed. Same. Yeah, when I heard that too, that it was a car park and then watching that, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice. It's funny what your brain picks up because if you'd asked me. It was on the beach. Before, I would have just said, yeah, it's a beach. Ah, oh, the Mandela effect. The um, <laughs> the Maruba effect. The um, the other thing was best movie seen three years running as voted by Suck Magazine. I hadn't heard of Suck Magazine before, but that's pretty hilarious that that exists, let alone pays homage to this film ongoing. Yeah, I, I was trying to look for um, other perspectives on the gay subtext of, of the whole thing. Did you do much that reading wasn't on Tarantino, Suck? but. I didn't. I didn't quite make it to suck, but I, <laughs> I, I, I did. I read some articles that were more like it was a pretty great article actually. I think it was on Empire or something, and um, the writer was gay, but he talked about seeing it when he was a kid with his older brother, and the volleyball scene is the moment he realized he was gay. Oh. He's like, he bas- he said like, there's so many stories like that. Like, basically, there's a pocket of this audience of this film that at the end of that scene, it was like. Huh. Congratulations, you're gay. <laughs> it was a big moment. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I wonder what. I wonder if there's an equivalent in the in the in the new one. There's got to be. They've got to have some fun with it. Surely, it's so funny in the new one because Miles Teller plays Goose's son, but which I don't understand because isn't this movie like 35 years old now? Wouldn't that make him? I guess it makes him 35. I guess that's doable. But um, he has a moustache. Just because he's Goose's son, I guess. But he looks more like it Tom does Bruce. make him look like, <laughs> kind of. But it's a very Goosey moustache. It's oh. quite light. It makes him look like what? <laughs> like quite... He's in the YMCA band. What do you call it? Village people? Yeah. No, he looks like a goose. It, it kind of works. But it just seems funny to me that it's like, well, it's his son, so he should have a moustache too. Like, uh, you know, it's just oh, yeah. movie logic. <laughs> I love it. I wish the baby in this one had a moustache. That would be good. <laughs> that, that's how you do it. There should have been more moustaches overall. Tom Cruise with a moustache. Yeah, Come that's on. true. I'm a bit surprised that Goose was the only one flying the flag, the Mo flag. <laughs> have you ever done the Mo? You've done. You can do a Mo. Uh, Carol is actively against Mo's. Really? Mm. I wooed Ara during November initially. Yeah, right. Which was pretty good because then it was all, you know, if, I could, if I could woo her then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i tell you what was a bit, of, I, was, I was a bit annoyed in the scene, the Great Balls of Fire scene. I hadn't noticed before. But that's just a little quiet mm. Saturday afternoon at a diner type restaurant. And these guys just decided right. to take over the venue, banging away on what's probably an <laughs> ornamental piano. No one even plays that thing. It just sits there for pots and such. <laughs> and he's banging around playing Great Balls of Fire and the six of them are, or four of them are screaming at the top of their lungs while people behind them are just have, trying to catch up. <laughs> They're just trying to catch up. That's true. Bad, selfish. Uh, bad seeds, these guys. They are. <laughs> no redeeming features. I mean, I feel like we would do that though. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we would 100% do that. The great ball, I mean, there's good music in this mm. movie, though. Mm-hmm. It's all, I mean, we touched on uh, 
we touched on uh, Take My Breath Away. But then we got all the Kenny Loggins. We've got the mm. Great Balls of Fires. Mm-hmm. Um, Danger Zone, of course. It was it w- The Logman. Danger Zone with the Logman. He didn't write that. You know, it was uh, – so we didn't have pre-casties on this movie, but we had pre-singies. Mm-hmm. So – Brian Adams was asked to do the soundtrack. He even, disagreed even with the, the glorification musicians. of war. Yeah. Toto as well. They fell out for some other reason. Mm. Um, they were supposed to sing Danger Zone. That was too gay. <laughs> but um, Kenny Loggins ended up doing it. He, he, so this is the thing. So he obviously Danger Zone is the iconic one, but apparently every young hot artist was trying to get on this soundtrack. And um, – he thought, fuck, everyone's going to try and do the opening song for that montage because they, they, they were given the scenes. It's like, I'm going to write a, I'm gonna write, pardon me, I'm going to write a song for the volleyball scene. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what he did and that's how he got his foot in the door. He wrote the song for the volleyball scene, which was like the boys, what was it? I'm moving in slow It was appropriate. <laughs> it's quite a song. Uh, but then he was hanging around and he ended up getting to sing Danger Zone as well. Well played, Mr. Loggins. Yeah. He, he was like a big – I don't know much about Kenny Loggins other than like all the movie songs because he also did like Footloose. Oh, that's a big one. He did another song. Did something that's for a huge one. Caddyshack, didn't he? Yeah, he did the Caddyshack song. And he did a song for Over the Top as well with Stallone. Oh. Meet, meet Me Halfway. We should do that film soon. I, I suspect it sucks. We should. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, You've got to be in the right mood to really enjoy it. <laughs> the movie grinds to a halt in the middle of a montage where Stallone decides to talk to camera like it's an episode of The Office or something. Oh. And he talks about putting his hat on backwards. That's, wow, he's such an avant-garde. Breaking the fourth wall, you know how we do. Smashing it. Um, but the soundtrack, you know, it was a, it was a chart topper. Mm. And I think it might have been, other than like Purple Rain and a few others for <laughs> obvious reasons, it was might have been the first, I think it might have been one of the first like big movie mm. soundtracks that wasn't already like a musical or something. Yeah. Like it sold like 9 million copies or something. I think it's still top 20. What's the top? Hang on. I've got the top 20 here. Top of rain. Oh, we done. The number one one is Bodyguard. That's oh, the biggest of soundtrack of, of all time. We knew this. And Saturday Night Fever, Purple Rain, Forrest Gump, Dirty Dancing. Steel Magnolias. Titanic. Oh, no, The Big Steel. That was a popular one. Is that is it, really? Or not. Waiting to Exhale. Flash that Space Jam. The Big Chill. Is that what you said? Yeah. No. If that's what I meant. What did I say? <laughs> I started with Steel Magnolia. I can't remember. Big chill. <laughs> Big chill. Um, City of Angels is number 18. How do you talk to an angel? That one? Does that talk? Oh, yeah. Goo Goo Dolls. <clears throat> I've, I've, goddamn COVID. I've, I've lost my pipes, Greg. 
I'll be back. Don't force it. You'll be back in. You'll be back in the sick bay. I'm gonna re COVID. Yeah, I'll be back. Top Gun's number nine, number nine of all time soundtracks in terms of sales, actual sales. Number nine. Interesting. <laughs> number nine. Um, but one one of many uh, legacy points, wouldn't you say, of this film? I've got a whole bucket of legacy items mm. that this film has left behind. You got you got Hot Shots. Uh huh. Remember Hot Shots? Of course. I started watching that today. Part two. Ironically, like I think I know Hot Shots 2 more. Yeah, Hot Shots Part 2 more. Yeah. Like all the Rambo stuff is what I think of when I think of Hot Shots. I remember when I'm watching the second one when he kicks him in his nuts and his balls fall out of his mouth and me and my dad like just in hysterics laughing watching it. <laughs> it was like a just an age where our humour's just lined up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that's the beauty of those types of movies, man, like um, Naked Gun and stuff. I, we should do another one of those soon. Yeah, they're fun. We should do the Val Kilmer one, that spy or whatever it is. Secret agent, is it? I can't remember. He did one with the Zuckers. Yeah. Um, Navy. So the Navy, 500% increase in enrolments. Off the back of this movie, mm. apparently they had like booths outside of cinemas and shit because yeah. the demand was just like it was like that directly <laughs> influencing. That is direct response. They for the VHS release, the studio offered the Navy like, "Would you like to put an ad on the VHS?" And their ad agency was like, "No, no, no! The whole movie is the ad. Like it's redundant. Mm. <laughs> Why mm. would you put another ad on there?" Um, which is, you know, very... Maybe a call to action. It's very astute on your part. Pretty astute on their like, part. That's true. This is a brand Maybe once you like, buy the VHS, they set up a tent outside your house for after you watch it. Or like a mail, a little slip in a little mail, you know, return. <laughs> yeah. Fill out your details. Yeah. Which was the style at the time. <laughs> Aviator Sunnies, you touched on this. Mm. So aviators, they, they are military... They were designed for the military, designed to be worn under headgear. Um, first contracted by the U.S. military in 1935. Bausch and Lomb made them, I believe. And then they eventually released them commercially, calling them Ray-Ban Aviators, and that was the birth of Ray-Ban. Mm-hmm. You know why it's called Ray-Ban? Um, because it blocks out the ultraviolet rays. It bans the rays? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I never thought of that. I guess it does ban the rays. And they were the first Ray-Bans and then Ray-Bans became a brand. But So the crazy thing is sales for aviators increased 40% after this film. So in the early 1980s they were selling about 18,000 pairs a year. By the end of the 80s they were selling millions around the world. But then this is the thing, as I was looking at this, I was like, okay, that's an interesting little tidbit. But what are the other Ray-Bans you think of that are iconic? Uh, Tom Tom Cruise, Risky Business. Uh, Yeah. 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 Same thing again. And that was brand, that was like a brand partnership too. Oh, was it? It was. And he increased sales of Wayfarers 50% after Risky Business. Wayfarers were almost discontinued in the early 80s. It's crazy. They sold like 200,000, they sold like 200,000 pairs of Wayfarers in like 82. And then um, Risky Business came out in 83 and they sold like 350,000. Pairs of wayfarers after that. So Tom Cruise single-handedly is maybe the most influential person in the sunglass industry. Mm. And like Ray-Bans specifically 
kind of owe their whole business to Tom Cruise. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That's crazy. Wow. That's a wow. Wow. If he's the first, I'm going to go Steve McQueen for number two. Oh, yeah, for aviators. Oh, no, just for sunglasses. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think what's his I think he's what's a his soul man. That sounds right, doesn't it? I'm going to look it up. That is some, I think it's the original sunglass influencer. Pretty pretty impressive, pretty impressive. Tell you what, speaking of impressive, I didn't realise he had his pilot licence slash jet licence. Like he can fly these things, Tom Cruise. Yeah, so he can now. Could he then too? No, I don't think so. I think he's learnt. It probably stemmed his passion, perhaps. Birthed his passion. Like they had to go through the training. They had to do some level of, like they had to do the training, but I don't know if he was then yeah, officially licensed. But, so. yeah, for the new one, I think his, that's his whole thing now, right, is like does he does all. does all the shit for real, yeah, which is compelling. Yeah, totally. That's kind of saved his career somewhat, I think, like because he was on the nose for a bit there. and yeah. And he's like, well. It's become his brand for sure. Exactly. And apparently he made heaps of the guys, all the guys that were going to be flying in the new one, like flying, air quotes, air quotes. Mm. Um, he made them like go through some sort of basic training so they got under the hood of the yeah. ship. Ship? Plane. It's a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame COVID. Yeah. Well, they all vomited or something, right? They all, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a big bukkake um, party. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're using that term correctly, Craig. Probably not. Um, although it is Top Gun, so maybe it is. Um, Tom Cruise, so yeah, Tom Cruise, innovator, uh, stuntman, reinvented himself. But you know what else he reinvented? He reinvented the press tour around this film. Go on. So apparently, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I was I was two years old at the time, but apparently at the time, well, we know this that movies used to stay at the cinema much longer. You know, now it's all about opening weekend and it's there for whatever. Mm. The movies just used to stay at the cinema, and the stars would go on these press tours that would go on for quite a while around the world. Yada yada yada. But Tom Cruise was a fucking star, and he needed to make multiple movies a year, and he started. The short press tour, so the the going to another country for two days, and which is the norm now. He, he'd talk about that on Kimmel, and Kimmel's like, "Yeah, so I guess every movie star hates you now because it's it's become the norm. You fly around the world in like mm. ten days and go to fifty different countries, and but that was him. He started that. Ah, oh. another little legacy item. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Nice one, Tom. Little Maverick Renegade." Mm. And then there was one more. This is not really a legacy item, but it's just like this is a tangent that I think is is worth talking about because it's fascinating. So Tony Scott obviously directed this film. Mm-hmm. Tony Scott also directed Beverly Hills Cop 2. Mm-hmm. Um, he was married at the time, but he ended up cheating on his wife with an actress in Beverly Hills Cop 2, Bridget Nelson, Oh, who at the time was married to Stallone. The tall Swede. Yeah, so this is crazy because, Greg, as we all know, Beverly Hills Cop started as a Stallone movie. Oh, yeah. And then he went and made Cobra with Bridget Nielsen and then they got married and then she went to make Beverly Hills Cop 2 and cheated on Stallone. What the fuck? This is whole Beverly Hills Cop saga. That's a whole movie right there. Beverly Hills Cop. The Beverly Hills Cop saga. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Wow. 
<laughs> you get all the buttons for that one. It's astute and hilarious and sexy. <laughs> oh man, what a place! What a place! Um, he's got some. He's got some good numbers, doesn't he, Tony Scott? Oh yeah. Last Boy Scout, True Romance. That might be it for me, but damn shame. It's a bit inconclusive of the old um, suicide because some of the people say, yeah. "Oh, he he." He was like, oh, he had cancer. And then a lot of people were like, well, it wasn't like the autopsy, I think, was like, well, he, he kind of did, but it's not, it wasn't, you know, progressed yeah. or it wasn't as, it wasn't like a life threatening or something to that effect. I don't know. I could be butchering that. Yeah, no, I read the same thing. There was lots of like the on the record stuff is like, no, he wasn't sick, like autopsies and shit. But then Ridley said, no, yeah. he'd been privately battling cancer yeah. for a long time. So I don't know. It's weird. It is a bit weird. I don't know. Could make a movie. Those Scott boys, tell you what. Yeah. Well, what I didn't realise was when he when he passed away, like just days before, he was with Tom Cruise scouting locations for a new Top Gun movie. Oh. I'd forgotten about that, but I remembered like there was talk of a new Top Gun movie back then and then it got, it got canned at the time for obvious reasons. But, yeah, isn't that crazy? That we've, it was Top Gun. Oh. Well, it took, who directed the new one? Good question. I don't know. Did he get his Christopher Macquarie or something? What's uh, Joseph Kosinski. Oh, Joey. Oh, he did Tron Legacy, so he's a legacy sequel, man. Oh, yeah, there you go. Interesting. Hey, i tell you what's Oblivion. interesting. Are you, are you still going on? Have you got more legacy pieces? Oh, God, no, I just certainly don't. Uh, let's talk about Jets for a moment. <laughs> um, okay. MiG-28s aren't a real thing. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like licensing issues or something because like there is an entire long Wikipedia page that is set up for fictional aircraft, a list of fictional aircraft, and it basically lists out all these jets and planes and such that are other things. So the MiG-28 apparently is a Northrop F-5. Which is a? Is this like a? Is this like the military equivalent of how phone numbers in movies are all five five five? Do they just have these words? They yeah, use? it's interesting. I don't. I'm. I couldn't work that out. Do they say MIG in other movies? I don't know. I. Uh, I think it was for this. Yeah, interesting. Because it said in on the on the wiki side, it says the MIG twenty eight is for Top Gun. It's it's actually a Northrop F five. Um, right. And then the other one is yeah the. If they're Russians at the end, Russians have flown the same jet, I think, for a long time, which is a Sukhoi or something like that. So a little bit bogus. But then then the main one that the Americans fly is, yeah, the F-14 Tomcat, which you referenced earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which I think they're retired now. Right. But do you remember the game Afterburner on Sega, like, Master System? No, ah. I, do, I wasn't a Sega man. It came out in 87, so I don't know if it also rode the wave of, uh, yeah. I'd say so, because the front. Oh, definitely. Can't describe it, but it basically had that iconic. <laughs> <laughs> Top you know, Gun-esque. Iconic back, you know, with the, the afterburners, dear. Kelly McGillis. Mm. Kelly McGinnis. <laughs> I, I tell you what, we talked about how uh, it seems – very much both our wives too. So this is no no sexism on our part. We talk about this with men too. Just put it out there. 
but she seemed so significantly older than him. She was 29. Yeah. I thought she's like at least 35, maybe 40. I thought she'd be 40. She looks like she's 40. Yeah. Yeah. And like But I also <laughs> thought she was I thought she was a total babe. I don't think we agree on this. I thought she was a total babe, no, but I think I because of the styling, I thought her whole look was fucking epic. I really she liked. looked like a man. Yeah, especially when she wore the hat <laughs> and the bulky jacket. Yeah, and then when she was Val Kilmer in the in the other scenes. No, the um, <laughs> no, nah, like the the big hair and like the. I, don't, I thought it was the a great look. Big messy teeth. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like definitely pre Hollywood teeth in this film. Both of them. Oh, there's, there's a lot of the both of them. Even Sir Thomas, man, snaggletooth galore. Yeah, you forget. You forget, don't you? And just not even that we, clean. We also teeth. just didn't notice this stuff. Yeah, it was there was some things going on in there. It was just it's so fascinating. I think like doing this podcast, the whole premise, do things hold up and whatever. And I think I've been overall disappointed that we don't get to talk about that much juicy stuff other than everything sexist and racist. But I think the next biggest thing is the teeth. That's like the <laughs> biggest difference in yeah. movies from the, this out era. Out of the teeth hold up. That could be a yeah. The be a teeth box is so different. Reviews each week. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. Crazy. It is fascinating. Because you notice now, you didn't notice then. It just shows that we create problems for ourselves to solve, like in terms of beauty. I, you know? Yeah. I tell you what I hate, I think we've probably talked about this, is when you're watching something like uh, something set in medieval times or like a Game of Thrones or something and then they've got these perfect oh, teeth. they got perfect like, teeth. Wouldn't you at least rub some dirt on them for the, for the movie, you know, like yeah. dirty them up a bit so they exactly. don't look like you've got – Louis Firmino veneers, you know, it's just a bit. Yeah. Like you probably brush your teeth with a fucking twig. Why do you have better teeth than me? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You know, it It doesn't make sense. It ruins the, you know, the the fantasy, the film. I agree. It rejects you from from being there north of the wall. Agree. Agree. And then there'll just be one gross person with bad teeth. Mm-hmm. But they would all have bad teeth. Mm, yes, yes. I agree with you, Greg. It's a, it's a worthy gripe you got there. A um, couple of other uh, notes. Uh, they're not big points, but I want to list them anyway. Uh, more so from the making of uh, Rick Rick Rossovich, mm. who was uh, the number two for Val Kilmer in the movie. He seems like a great egg. He's the other MVP of the making of. He talks about his... Slider. Yeah, is that his name? The guy that was saying, oh, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have that rig anymore, but I got that. Yeah, I got yeah. That. yeah for sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah. He, was, he seemed cool. He talks about his career like very, um, he's like, yeah, I had kind of a reverse career where I started in the Hollywood system and now I'm on basic cable or whatever. <laughs> like, he seems very fine with Aware. his situation. Yeah, and just like it was a good time. Like he just seems very well-adjusted, good egg. Um the right approach. And Meg Ryan's first film. Mm. Oh, Meg. Yeah. Oh, Meg. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Carol was like, why didn't they just get Meg Ryan to be his, the girlfriend? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. She was a soap opera actress at the time. There was She was like, she just scraped in there. They were like, we can't have a soap actress in this movie. And I think um, Tony Scott was like, don't worry, guys don't watch soap operas. They won't know. <laughs> That's a good point. Very astute. It's a good point. Yeah, it's very, it's very astute, man. Actually, speaking of, so you know how he worked in advertising, right? The other thing that is 
he, again, he talks about it in the making of, and it's pretty funny, you know, with the whole gay subtext thing as well. But he had um, this book by Bruce Weber, I guess, was a photographer. Mm. The book was full of male models with their shirts off. And he was basically like, this is the aesthetic for the movie. <laughs> this is what I'm shooting for. It's fascinating. They, re- they leaned in. I strongly recommend watching the making of it. You leaned in. Yeah. So like while it may not be literally what he intended, there's definitely ingredients that he knowingly leaned into. Um, so good. Um, should we get into the verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Overall, I think on this one, it's probably out of all of them. I think this one for me gets through on. I, I enjoyed watching it, but I think on Legacy alone, yeah. it's a it's a must. Uh-huh. You just have to for all of the reasons we listed. I think I'll rewatch it at some point. But it's also one of those movies. I said it for another movie, and I can't remember what it was. But I feel like if I owned a bar, I would just have this on because mm. the aesthetic is so. Epic. And would that be fucking, would that be a, an aviation theme gay bar called the cockpit? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I've been pitching that one for years. Have you? Yeah, my aviation theme oh, gay do bar it. called the cockpit. <laughs> it's a pit of cocks. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we have a volleyball court in there. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> it styles itself. Story by this is great. Mm. I think you should chase your dreams. Yeah. I'll, I'll be in on that. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll be like reverse bird. We'll be the straight bird cage man and we can still dress like Robin Williams. <laughs> and we have to pretend. <laughs> but we have we to have pretend to, to be gay. gay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's going to be a, when they make a movie about it, it's going to be hugely problematic. Yeah. But um, Nathan Lane can play me. Ah, the delightful Nathan Lane. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, rewatch for you, Greg? Uh, it, yeah, it is a rewatch. It's... Um, it just it, it straddles the age old tightrope of toxic masculinity and homosexual desires, <laughs> and it just does it so well. Yeah, yeah. True. It's it's the film's nowhere near as good as I thought, but like it's just entertaining, and you just have yeah. it there. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. So he says he's staying on as an instructor, but he's just graduated. So like, he hasn't really gone and done the uh, combats. Yeah. Like, isn't that a bit like Ronaldo? Finishing his first season of Man U and then go, I'm just going to be a coach now. Like, don't you have to play some football? I'm a bit vague on his whole situation. Yeah, I'm a vague on his situation because there's also the thing about his dad, and I don't, that restricts him in some way that I don't really understand. And then, but then I started re watching it today just because I was. It's a bit of clarity. I had some time. Yeah, and I only, I only got in about 10 minutes or so. But. I believe the Top Gun thing is like you're already a pilot. So this isn't just the school to become a pilot. You're already doing stuff. This is then just further, just like go and do your master's. Think, yeah, this yeah. is like, yeah, so he's already been in the field, I think. Right. But I, I hear you. It's like didn't you just, did we just waste all our money on this trading for you? Like why wouldn't you now go kill some people for yeah, us? Yeah, is this like a train-the-trainer um, type? 
thing. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have a degree yeah. in education, I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought, just a thought. And the other thing we didn't mention, it's still quite painful. It still hurts when Goose dies. That's Yeah. That yeah. still hurts. And the, um, the technical advisor helped with that because it's a very real thing. So apparently like when you eject, you have to like release the, mm. the hood first, mm. the, the glass thing, and then give it time before you then eject. Yeah. And in the panic, I guess Goose ejected too soon. He had one job bet. to So it's a very legit dips. thing. One time you had to push a button. <laughs> it just was a lot, right? Because he didn't have much to do otherwise. Well, he was but cheering on it's, Maverick. It's, it's, he got out okay. Great, great eject, <laughs> Maverick. But that's the thing. So I think it actually works quite well as not being Maverick's fault technically because Goose just ejected yeah. too early. Yeah. So like, you know what I mean? So it's pretty, it's a nice little workaround from a head-on collision. No, oh, yeah, it was true. Which is what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. smart. Yeah. Anyway. Um, did Simpsons do it? Yes, but not as much as you would think. There, there's just a throwaway line, this one. Way to guard the parking lot, Top Gun. I have three medals for this. No, that's, not, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there was also... There was also the boy band one that turned out to be a Navy recruitment oh. thing. There's trouble in a far-off nation. Time to get into love for mission. Yeah, that's you got good. the auto-tune voice. I love that episode. Join the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to remember what it was. Yeah. Ah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> you get wow. the idea. It's very astute on your part. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> hey, haven't heard from Jay Z for a little while. Good to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. From uh, you. Porn parody. I think this film is its own porn parody in many top ways. I think. Bum. Because you know there's oh, tops and probably, bottoms. Oh, yeah. Top bum. Does that work? I don't know. I'm Googling uh, porn parody. Careful, man. Careful. Wow, they're quite hetero. Oh. I guess that's the parody aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to flip it on its head and make it <laughs> Um Bechdel test, no, but again, for all the reasons we said, that's kind of the point. Um, FX test, fuck yeah. We didn't really talk about that. And mm. I think one thing you got to just have Big massive time. respect for for this movie is like this is all real shit. Yeah. And, and we always talk about practical effects and that. This is the whole other – Conversation because this is like real jets doing shit, and you got to film it, and you got to. That's also why I'm forgiving of not really understanding what's going on when they're up in the air because fuck, get what you can get on film and then just <laughs> make it into something. Because these days you can just make CGI. You don't even yeah. need real planes. Like that's. I'm looking forward to the new one. I think they've still done. They've they've kept yeah. a lot of the. That's uh, the thing. The essence of the original. Yeah, they've got to. They've got to get that Tom Cruise. Uh, you know, they've got to throw him up there. Mm-hmm. Got to earn his money. You don't get Tom, Tom Cruise and not put his life in danger. Um, explosions, everything. Recast these, I mean, we've got the new ones. So it's, uh, from what I've seen, there's a lot of good uh, appropriate casting, like John Hamm's in the mix there, uh, uh, which I enjoy. That works. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going to see it. I think I might try and go this week. Oh, yeah. Very good reviews. Very yeah. good reviews. There's a lot of good movies out now. Mm. Yeah, I want to watch that everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, go for it. MVP. Uh, I'll give it to I'll give it to Goose. Oh, nice. 
I'll, I'll give it to Mr. Cruz. But I will give my low key to Michael Ironside, who I forgot to mention up until this point. He's great. Is that Slider? He's a good military man. No, that's the. He's in like. Oh. He's Quaid, isn't he? You know, is he Quaid? Oh, you the, know gu- the guy. Which one's that? The bald guy? Um, so he's a tough gun. Yeah. Yeah, he's always good. Shouty bastard. He's um yeah. he's, he's the principal in Back to the Future. Oh no, wait, not that guy. Dunderlinger. Hang on. That's Simpsons. Not that guy. Tom Skerritt? <laughs> it's Mr. Dunderlinger. No, it's it's uh, this guy, Michael Ironside. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's great. great. He's great. Always. Yeah. He he was telling a story of how um, he felt like a bit of an imposter. He thought maybe he wasn't really doing this role very well. He's standing there in costume at a facility, at a Navy facility, and one of the the young lieutenants or whatever stopped and, like, gave him a, a, a salute. What do you call that? <laughs> salute? Yeah, and he played along. So he's like, fuck, okay, they think I'm the real deal. Then maybe, yeah. I, maybe I am cut out for this. Yeah. Anyway, what are we doing next week? We haven't decided. We haven't decided. We might do a new themed run of some sort. Uh-huh. We'll figure it out. Stay tuned. In the meantime, uh-huh. leave us uh-huh. a review. A good, a good one, to be precise. Yeah, no bad reviews. <laughs> if you've got something yeah. mean to say, just say it on the gram. Yeah. <laughs> yell it into the, it the shower. Yeah, it doesn't affect um, our. Yell it into your pillow. All right. Well, that's it for another week. Yeah. Go Friends and watch Top Gun and the new one. Go and watch Top Gun and the new one. Yeah, fucking do it. Why not? I'm in. Do it for Tom. Uh, until needs then. the money. Yeah. It's just scraping by. Needs another Needs to buy fresh wear. fetuses. And yeah, yeah. Some, new, <laughs> some new Bolivian feti yeah. to inject into his eyeballs. And eyeballs. some high-heeled, high-heeled cowboy boots. <laughs> um, all right. Bye. Bye. Bye.